This is a really good question that I got from Jeannie Jolie, and there's I think there's some tough lessons in here. So I wanted to to sort of go through this a little bit. So her, her question was, I look forward to your freelance requests. I do fixed price, fixed price over hourlies, which first off, that's good. So I'm glad that, that you're doing that. Yesterday, a client in a very nice way told me I was overpriced and she wanted an hourly assistant. Told her I understood her point, however, prefer to charge one fixed rate that'll prevent me from going over their budget. So she brought up a project I was helping her with. She stated that she could do it in 15 minutes flat. She has to pay me a full hour to the lowest rate possible one I gave her when I started working with her two years ago. I'd love to learn more how to deal better with these types of clients. Maybe try to save the opportunity. I have penny pinches that are so sweet, I wouldn't like to let them go if I could. Okay, so there's two things that immediately come to mind for me. One of them goes back to exactly what I said in the video that this is a, or the episode that this is a, a comment to. And that was, that that episode was about selling on value. And so, Really, when this comes up, this is an objection just like a sales objection if they were trying to hire you that, that you just need to address. And the way that you address it is by going back to the value that you provide. So the first part of that is you have to provide some sort of value beyond just the time saved. So this is something I see a lot with freelancers, especially starting out, is that essentially the the pitch is, hey, here's this thing that you don't like to do. I'll do it for you and then you don't so you don't have to do it and you save that time. And I mean this is something akin to and I'm not saying what you do is but I'm just saying it's something akin to like walking a dog for somebody, okay? You know, if if you just take the dog and walk the dog and that's it and come back then you're providing them a service but you're not really adding any sort of value above and beyond just the time that is saved. And when you do that, you're going to run into situations like this where people will be like, well, I could just do this myself and so forth, no matter what sort of niche you're in. Okay. So you have to find a way to provide value above and beyond what you're doing to give, take an example from, from me building membership sites for, pe for people. You know, I, yes, I save them the time of them having to build the site themselves. A lot of them could install WordPress and install the plugins and the themes and all that stuff. I save them that time. And it's true that I can do it faster than what they do, but that's not where the, the value stops. The value goes beyond that in the sense that, you know, I know how to make all of this technology work together. I can probably do things with the, the technology that they couldn't do. If I need to write a little code to make things kind of work a little bit better, or make something easier to use, I can do that. I can help them avoid, you know, technology problems that they might run into, stuff that's insecure or or things that'll slow down their site, etc. I also brought marketing value to it having worked with some really well-known online marketers. I could, you know, talk to them about how to market their class, how to create a content strategy, you know, how to to deal with engagement and and in the forum and on the site. There's all these other things that are go beyond just the time saved. So you have to be providing those things to your clients as well. If you're just saving them time, you're doing the bare minimum. And so again, look at it and, and ask yourself, am I just saving them time? And if so, then I need to work on providing other things along with that expertise, experience, other things of added value that just sort of come along with my service that, that, goes beyond just the time saved. If you are providing those things, then you need to, if you're running into this, then you need to 
maybe do a little bit better job of pointing those things out in the sales process. So when they're hiring you, they understand that they're not just hiring you to save them time. They're hiring you to get things that they can't do on their own. And when you do that, then this idea of, well, I could do it in, of her saying I could do it in 15 minutes as opposed to hiring you. Yes, but are you going to get this with it and this with it and this with it and this with it? And can you do this? And can you do that? There's all these other value added things that they can't do themselves that you are providing along with your service. So if you make that clear and you sell on that from the beginning, it, it makes it so you run into less of these problems as you go along. And again, not always is that 100% going to prevent things. Prevention is better. But then when you run back into these issues with a particular client, you can remind them of those things and, and bring those things back up and they'll remember them from when they hired you and so forth. And that can help to alleviate a lot of these problems. So again, it all goes back to selling on value. You're not just saving them time. You're providing them things that they cannot do on their own. And if you make that clear from the very beginning, it makes a lot of this stuff a lot easier. And then whenever something like this does come up, just remind them of, of those things. The second part of that, though, is, you know, some clients, no matter what you say, they're not going to go for it. Right. They're not going to they're going to say, well, I, you know, I don't care. I want to do this or whatever. And so that that's the sec leads to the second part, which is you have to be willing to walk away. So when you put yourself in a position where you say, I wouldn't like to let them go if I could. I understand the sentiment and and I don't, you know, if if you want to make that choice that it's 100% up to you, but really the way that you the bottom line way that you deal with this sort of thing, the how is being willing to walk away and letting them know you're willing to walk away and then they make their choice and you just live with what they decide with. And so if you put those two things together, selling on value and being willing to walk away, you sort of put yourself in the power position, right? There, it, it sort of changes the dynamic of really they're lucky to be able to hire you. And, and that that alleviates a ton of these problems. Now, and again, for a lot of people, that's a, a lot of freelancers. That's a mind shift. That, that's really difficult uh, to understand. But as I said yesterday, the way you get to that is getting really good at getting incoming work. And what I what I found a lot of freelancers do is they start freelancing, they start getting some clients, and then they have sort of this core of clients, and they sort of back off a little bit. They sort of relax a little bit. And what I'm trying to encourage you to do is to not do that, to keep pushing and, and keep marketing and keep learning how to market and keep building your audience and doing all of these things to bring in incoming work so that you you put yourself in a position where you have all of these clients you could choose from. If a current client is giving you a lot of guff or doesn't want to let you raise prices or whatever, and you just are done dealing with them, you can get rid of them and you can easily add in a new client. And even then you're still picking and choosing from the, those clients uh, who you actually let in. You can get to that point. The freelancers all over the place that get to that point. I was at a point where I was getting almost 30 quote requests a month and I could only take one, do one or two projects a month. So I had far more than I could ever uh, deal with. You can get to that point and it just changes the entire dynamic. And a lot of these problems go away when you get to that place. So again, that's what I want to encourage you to do is to get to that point and, and make that shift. So as I mentioned yesterday, 
my new freelancing course, that's one of the things that we focus on is how to methodically build your business. It's sort of a bigger picture course. I call it the big rocks. A lot of the courses that I've done, I see other people do really dive into detail, the details, which is good. But a lot of times what you're missing is what's the overall strategy for the next year, two years, five years, 10 years? How do I methodically grow my freelancing business? And that's what I show you how to do in the course from making sure you pick the right niche, that you're in a high paying niche that 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 people are willing to spend good money on, how to go out and find the kind of clients that will hire you and are willing to pay you well how to methodically build an audience over time so you can have that influx of new clients so you're not constantly desperate for clients, uh, how to get referrals and build up your referral base, how to get repeat business and clients coming back, all the different ways that you can deliver to wow your clients so they want to hire you again and again and again, all those sorts of things to, again, just methodically build and grow your freelance business. That's what I teach you in the course. So if you want to learn more about that, that's johnmorrisonline.com slash freelance you can get it for nothing over on skillshare again johnmorrisonline.com freelance all right that'll do it for this video thanks for watching we'll talk to you next time